This is Artist Stories, a podcast that centers experiences of artists whose lives have left a lasting imprint on the Southern Arizona creative ecosystem. I'm Ginny Sanchez, and today we welcome Barbia Williams, dance maker, choreographer, entrepreneur, and cultural practitioner. Thank you, Barbia, for being with us today on Artist Stories. Thank you for having me, Janae. It's an honor and also just the one to be a part of some of the wonderful work that uh, the Arts Foundation is uh, producing here in Southern Arizona. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Let's jump in. Can you just start by telling us about yourself and your backstory? How did you get to this moment? I have to always uh, recognize my ancestors, my grandmother, who was an English teacher, who introduced us to poetry at its finest, and her only daughter, my Auntie B, who I'm named after, right, uh, Beatrice, um, and my oldest sister, uh, her godmother, Barbara Carter. So that's where that Barbia comes from, right? And she was my aunt, Auntie B. She was a famous actress, singer, dancer just amazing artist. And we spend our summers often, my father would drive to New York to, to start, <laughs> to start <laughs> on Broadway, to off Broadway, to off, off, off Broadway, to see some of her productions. And my mother also, who is a, um, or was a music major. She was a pianist, sang, danced. She was a ballroom mm-hmm. dancer. So I have to give it up to definitely those that in my immediate family and also the community south side of Chicago specifically that I was born and raised in, uh, then a specific area called Bronzeville that uh, produced so many fine artists. If they weren't born there, they were raised there. If they weren't <laughs> raised there, they performed there and they were part of that community. And this part of our story, that backstory, I'm going to call evolution. This is my evolution. I love that. Oh, what a rich history. And it just sounds like you grew up with amazing, strong, creative females. I just, I can't wait to learn more about how All of that inspiration is now here in Tucson and Southern Arizona. How did you land in Tucson? Well, my Nana, Mary Banks, she lived here. And this was like a second, third, fourth, maybe even fifth grandmother. (laughs) And my, my mother bought a house directly across from Nana on the east side of Tucson. And this is when the gangs just got a little, the gangs in Chicago were recruiting my younger brothers specifically, and it just got too much for my mother to handle. And so, you know, we had been to Tucson before. We visited here prior to moving here. That was how we got to Tucson, a little wagon train, three cars. (laughs) Wow, wow. So how long have you been in Tucson? Almost 50 years now, 50 years last year, 50 years last year. And so the Tumbleweeds, they welcomed us royally and uh, let us know that it was time. It was time to settle in. That's so beautiful. Barbia, what really drives you as an artist? What is your artistic root? My artistic route, again, uh, is a part of that backstory. When I was old enough to venture out on my own, (laughs) we went to the lakefront and we were definitely raised by Lake Michigan. 
And it was the sound of the drums. It was our ancestors, my ancestors that were reconnecting us. They were calling us to the waters. And they said, this is, this is who you are. This is who you need to be. So I feel very, very fortunate to be a part of that group of people that were chosen to reconnect us and our culture and our people to our ancestral history and legacy. There was a man there, his name was Atu, and he created what was called, is called the Sun Drummer. Even though this was a multitude of people, the drums are one. When we talk about those polyrhythms and how they all play and overlap and intersect, <laughs> they are one. And as dancers, we become a part of that one. So that was what was my initial. And they did their job. I have to say that. Yeah. They weren't playing around. They connected me, that heartbeat. They, they said, Barbia, you know, you're a part of this. This is who you are. And wherever you go, you know, you, you carry this and take this with you and you connect others to it. So again, I've been very fortunate, very blessed, uh, Janae, to again, be a part of that, that artistic legacy in the state of Arizona specifically. I would love to talk more about Barbia Williams Performing Company. The mission is to teach, cultivate, promote, foster, and develop within the greater Tucson community, state of Arizona, global society, and appreciation, understanding, and love of performing literary and visual arts, develop the interests of patrons, donors. These arts provide a venue for new talent with the skills needed for professional stage presentation. What a beautiful mission. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. How did this company come together? And you've been serving this community since 1975. That's right. Well, we've been in the community since 1972. June the 12th, 1972 is when, again, we yeah. were greeted by the tumbleweeds here in Tucson. And my first job actually was with the Tucson Parks and Recreations, which at that time was called Randolph Park. Mm -hmm. And that's where I, I was asked to teach Afro-Cuban dance. Now, remember, I, I grew up in dance. I had a dance background. I had been exposed to the African culture dance. And of course, within my family structure, the African Latino dance styles, but I did not feel, you know, there's always that sense of, we got to be respectful when we do our art and we do our culture. And so I, I started teaching at Parks and Rec and I called it Afro. <laughs> so <laughs> I started with that Afro sense mm -hmm. of, okay, mm -hmm. we're going to, and which is nice because we've come full circle with this Afro dance and Afro beat, Afro fusion styles that are going on today as we speak. And when I got to Parks and Rec, I had a wonderful turnout. I think there were over 60, 60, 70 students right there on Alvernon. And I was like, well, you know, we're the black folks. Okay. <laughs> so I asked them that and they, they, they sent me to Santa Rosa Center off of 22nd and uh, 10th Avenue. And there I met two unbelievably talented young people. Willie Ray Bell, who was the oldest, and Daryl Sean Chapel, who was about five years old when I met oh. him. And Willie was about 11. And it was just amazing. They were just so 
naturally talented. During the time I was working at uh, Randolph, there was also, you know, you had um, Norwood Rainey and Talivu Ralph Drew and Ed Good. We had these drum, Jinx Chapel, we had these drummers that were here. And you had, of course, who was also working over there at the time, you had Guillermo Bubba Foss, Afro-Cuban man, and Pepe was there, and I mean, Pepe was one of these drummers in the community, and and uh, Billy Martinez. And one day, <laughs> it was just pretty amazing. There, it was like from maybe about over a four, five hour period, the drummers came over to Reed Park, which is now called Reed Park Randolph. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, this was the time that the boat people were here, uh, coming in from Cuba, right? We had the boat folks coming in and the music changed from this African-American music that we were being reintroduced to the Afro-Cuban, the, you know, Puerto Ricanos came out with the Puerto Rican music. And I danced like for about four hours. Oh, wow. And every time, of course, we brought other dancers in. So that that was a way of understanding the thread that that African, you know, the, the, and the, as the, uh, the music changed, the drums changed. So we were just really blessed to have that experience. And there are very few people ar- that are still around that remember that. But there are some of the drummers and hopefully some of the dancers that are around. But that's how our company started was with Willie Raybell and Darrow Sean Chapel. Wow. Wow, what rich history. That's just incredible. I can see that you and your company have been working in like all sectors of the community, whether it's the city, but also in TUSD in schools. Can you talk about just some of the programs that have evolved over the years and what's what's happening now? What what are some of the favorite your favorite projects that are in the works or in production that you would like to speak to? Well I would like to speak to one and really thank Tucson with our OBOH, our blackness, our heritage uh, step show and showcase. It was amazing. We had a group that came out of Washington, D.C. called Step Africa. And we had the fraternities and sororities that came out and our local youth step groups from Rising Star. John brought the group out. And then we had Pretty Precise that came out of Phoenix. And of course, BWPC Youth. Mm -hmm. We were just really fortunate to have some stepping and some strolling from our local what we call the divine nine. And I am definitely a part of that divine nine. And it was a lot of those women and growing up on the South side of Chicago, again, with the Delta Sigma Theta sorority that were part of my foundation in raising me also. Mm-hmm. And the divine nine, especially the Alpha Kappa Alpha sorority here in Tucson, that were my first, they were the ones that supported what we were doing with our culture. Jackie uh, Price and Norma Watson and uh, just the wonderful people um, that um, were just a really important part of what we're doing and and what we do. Uh, Bill Lewis with the Ododo Theater. Um, I met Bill at uh, Pima Community College um, and um, definitely Barkley Goldsmith, uh, who gave me my first um, a uh, job on a at an institute of higher education. You can't talk about BWPC and Barbia without talking about Pima College. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'm just so fortunate um, and uh, to be a part of that legacy uh, of Pima. And also I'm at the University of Arizona and there was also Jory Hancock that invited me um, to the School of Dance. And I've been there <laughs> 20 plus years, 21 years, wow. right? Um, uh, at the School of uh, Dance with the University of Arizona. So we're really proud and thankful for that legacy because that has filtered that Pima College and that U of A, that level of excellence has filtered into our touring arts program, our programs that we do in our community. And our biggest one, I, and I don't even want to say big, I don't even know, I'm trying to think of a better word for it, but we have a program called Kumba in African Arts. Mm -hmm. And it started about maybe uh, 30, 40 years ago. And the last three years, my daughter, Bia Williams, she says, Mom, you know, we need to take this program to another level. Kumba in African Arts has so many different um, offerings, art and culture, dance and music, sewing and crafts, theater, mm -hmm. language. Mm -hmm. And what Bia bought in, she bought in the engineers, the scientists, the civic and uh, law enforcement personnel, our guest speakers, so that now we have this amazing STEAM program, um, summer camp with professional development. And it just take you know, it's the kind of camp that I think you would even say, <laughs> Janae, oh, I wish I had something like that when I was a child, right? Okay, I wish I had that level of exposure um, to these people, people that look like me, mm -hmm. that are doctors and lawyers and uh, dentists and musicians and artists on a high, high level. Wow. Um, the best of the best. And um, again, we're just really, um, just really fortunate to have them um, here uh, with our Kumban African Arts. It's a five-week summer camp. It'll be at Utterback Middle School, which is just an amazing middle school that has, um, over the last four years, taken their programming um, from a failing program to a B plus program. Amazing. You can't beat that. I'm talking about a principal, um, Taranika Sanders, um, again, a product of South side of Chicago uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just that, and, and her staff and teachers that have, that are and taking, and they also have a summer program that meets that morning. And we're all, we're partnering with them, uh, this summer with our Kumba and African arts and their summer TUSD summer program. Um, so we're really looking forward to this. Um, it's a five week program starting uh, May the 30th through June the 30th. Okay. Um, and you can get more information and people can register on our website, okay. which is bwpcarizona.com. And it's a Monday through Friday, nine to three. And of course, there's early drop off, late pickup, there's breakfast and lunch. It's provided. Um, and we have registration. They need to get on it. It closes up in May. It's first come, first serve. There are scholarships available. And uh, this is ages seven through 15. 
And if they have more information, feel free to call us. You know, um, our business number is uh, area code 520-628-7785. Oh, I'm sure that, do you have waiting lists for this program? Does it fill up pretty quickly? Yes, it does fill up pretty quickly. And that's why I say it's time to get on it. Let's not wait to the last minute. There's just, uh, it's a wonderful program. And of course it has a legacy and uh, we're really proud of that. And we want to do more and offer uh, more programs like this Mm -hmm. throughout the year during those um, spring breaks during those, uh, you know, and we do have ongoing classes for children, teens and adults. Um, but we want to also, you know, touch into those holiday times Mm -hmm. that, you know, parents are still working and, uh, want to make sure their children are engaged in, in, um, not only educational, but fun activities Mm -hmm. in, in, you know, um, activities that inspire you that, um, you know, to bring us out of our, out of our shells that we're in working in the schools, you know, I'm still feeling these children that are ashamed of their culture, ashamed of who they are as black folks, as African people, um, born here in America. I'm, 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 it's almost that full circle again, that you're feeling that. And we need to get out of that. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, social media has some plus, but it also has some very negative effects on our children um, in terms of what they're being exposed to and what they're being introduced to. So we get our children back into, you know, some of those basics and also allow them to um, take it to another level, take it to another level. Let's let's take it and uh, be who we are. So and and with that, I uh, this is our section that we're on, um, and maybe pass. This is the uh, what I call the, um, uh, uh, what do you, we're we're re, re, reciprocation. Okay. This is where we're going to we're working with people and working in our community and learning and growing from each other, right. because. When I came to Tucson, I was very much drawn into that Chicano community coming out of the south side of Chicago, mm-hmm. being black and proud. Mm-hmm. OK, so I this is, again, where I I, talk, I have to talk about Barclay Goldsmith and Teatro Libertad, okay. Teatro Carmen, uh, Borderlands Theater, mm-hmm. who's still just as powerful as ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and the, the the Doña women that and Teresa's and and. Uh, the women that uh, and men that I was around and that I am around that are still a part of my Tucson legacy um, uh, is so important because I got I got a I, I was able to be firsthand and uh, in, in seeing people. There's a man, Martin, that's from Sonora and um, that would drive me back and forth to the dentist's office. Right. <laughs> I'm overly gone, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, we have a very rich legacy here in Tucson. Um, and I'm just, you know, the the times that we spent uh, uh, specifically on the um, uh, the Pasquayaki community and those all day, all night festivals right, right. for that are coming up pretty soon, right? Around the Easter holiday. <laughs> This is what I was introduced to, Solon and Sales, going on down to the um, um, Odom uh, Reservation down in Sales, Arizona, 
performing and introducing ourselves to each other. Mm -hmm. Who are we as the indigenous people of this land? Who are we to each other? How do we respect and acknowledge each other? And I tell you, it was amazing um, just to have that opportunity to reintroduce myself to the land, to the environment that um, is just so rich and so powerful. Uh, again, I've, ha- I've had all of these wonderful influences, um, you know, um, the village um, uh, mentality. I always grew up with it. You know, my mother, um, and having siblings, my, my children, uh, Bia and Beya and my grandson, of course, Tavian, they have been a very intricate apart. We have relocated our studio. Now we are at the Utterback middle school and we're so excited about, again, this partnership that is just taking us to another level But I look back at, again, Pima College, and I look back at um, the Ododo Theater and our touring arts program where we went with Ken Britton from Trinidad, Tobago, and um, uh, Catherine Dunham. There would be no Barbia Williams performing company and uh, without uh, Catherine Dunham. She has been... um, I would say her and her legacy and her protégés, especially uh, Lucille Ellis, who was one of my first Dunham teachers, and Tommy Gomez. These were two of my, Mr. Gomez and Miss Ellis, they were two of my first Dunham teachers. And I met Miss Dunham herself, and I was able to um, work and meet her directly and some uh, of her... um, from the Center for um, the uh, the Performing Arts Training Center out of East St. Louis, Illinois. That's going to take us to St. Louis in a minute, mm-hmm. but we got to go to East St. first, okay. right? Let's go there. And um, <laughs> so the Performing Arts Training Center, which was a part of the um, University of, um, not the University, the Southern, Illin- so- Southern Illinois University, Carbondale, is where I went to school. And that's where I met, first met Ms. Dunham. Okay. And um, um, Yao Marshall was very instrumental in um, uh, letting letting me know and introducing me to uh, some of the other um, people that started the Dunham seminars. And um, but it was really there and um, in Carbondale, Illinois, as a student, that I met Miss, where I first met Miss Dunham. And I was at first in her presence, in her physical presence, because her presence is so big. It's 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 so spiritual, so in, in, engaging that I was I was with her a long time before I was in her physical presence. Again, through the music, you know, through the drumming, through the dance, um, I was very very much um, with her uh, through the traditional dress. And notice, I'm not saying costume. Right through the traditional dress that was researched by her husband, John Pratt. So um, uh, Ms. Dunham, she, 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 her legacy, her, her commitment um, when she says, you know, and, and this is what my aunt B, my auntie B said to me, she says, you know, ask these people who um, tell these people who you are, 
tell these people, this is what my auntie B said to me. She says, tell them who you are. So when I met people like um, the Illinois poet laureate, Gwendolyn Brooks, and she laid hands on me and she told me who I was. Just when I said to her, you know, who my mother was, who my father was, who my grandparents were, you know, Auntie Juanita, who we just lost. Um, you, these were people in our community that, um, you know, this legacy, Bronzeville legacy that were a part of, you know, other areas of the world. Uh, when I, like I tell people, when you go to, I didn't know uh, where an area called the Cook Islands, I didn't know where that was, but there's a dance that Miss Dunham choreographed called Raratonga, right? And this, anytime you see this photo, her hands, uh, her, both of her hands with her fingers extended on her right hip. And she's leaning and she's got this beautiful traditional dress on with this gorgeous body. And of course, the legs to die for, right? <laughs> this beautiful flower in her hands. And it takes you to this, the Pacific Islands. This was an area, you know, I, I didn't know about. In Veracruz, in, in the eastern part of Mexico, you, there's this long white lace uh, dress that with this black shawl, this black rebosa, right? This black shawl that Ms. Dunham wears with this, um, this headdress. And anytime, and you know, I called Julie Gallego when I was doing uh, a program at the Quincy Douglas Library. I was like, Julie, I need this, right? And uh, with Viva, who I'd worked with over uh, on and off over the years. And I was like, Julie, I need to represent Veracruz oh, wow. because we're going to be talking about that. So it's like these folks, these people in Tucson that have they've laid a foundation. They know who they are. And I want to continue to tell people, you know, who we are as people of African descent, as people of African Latino descent mm -hmm. here in America, right here in Tucson, uh, because it was given to me. It was given to me. Mm -hmm. So, I, and you know, I, and I want to continue that. Okay. Absolutely. You're passing on this legacy to countless community members and specifically children in Tucson. What are your hopes for the future? What do you, what would you like to well, say? Well, I, def I definitely, you know, and we have ongoing auditions. I, and, and when I was talking to somebody, it was kind of interesting. And I was talking about, you know, we need this artistic director person. I'm ready to pass that torch and I want to pass it before I, while I'm still here and I can really give people some depth. I want to be able to pass on some archival information. We have four storages that are full. They are full of costumes, traditional dress, instruments from all over the world, from Brazil, from Cuba, from West Africa, from North Africa, from that were built by some of our uh, local musicians, right? Um, here in Tucson, again, I mentioned some of them and we've got to mention Tyrek, Tyrek Rasul and the Songhai drummers that were a part of a, an intricate, a part of our legacy here in Tucson. That was one of the main drummers in, in uh, uh, over the last 20, 
30, 30, I should say 30, 40 years, 40 years that we've worked with the help that have helped establish us. This isn't a one woman show Mm -hmm. and it'll never be a one woman show. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure I haven't even began to acknowledge all of the people that need to be acknowledged here because they, they really do. They are, they've been such Verma Eldridge, Emily Ricketts. They've been such an intricate part of who we are, right? And so now we're talking about progressions. And again, this is what Ms. Dunham talks about, going across the floor. And I'm going to talk about going into the future with progressions, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So again, we talked about evolution. We talked about uh, reciprocation. Now we're talking about progressions. Where are we going in the future? Right now, I am just really fortunate to bring the bats, that's (laughs) B-A-T-S, the bats into the conversation, right? The the long-nosed Mexican free-tail bats, the Ori bats, the ones that uh, pollinate, and again, um, that pollinate and allow uh, substance in our livelihood, substance in terms of um, the beauty that's around us, substance in terms of the food that we eat, because these bats, B-A-T-S, <laughs> they consume all of these insects. So I'm, and then they beautify, they pollinate all of these crops and plants um, that we are fortunate to um, to uh, have in, in our lives. So um, U of A, my faculty piece in April. Um, there is a new a piece and it's uh, there's a new show that's an old show, right? It's coming full circle. It's called Dance Spring Eternal. Dance Spring Eternal. And I have a piece there that's called Bats, Highly Acclaimed. And I was very fortunate in 2013 to work with the Rieto River Project with um, um, a bat specialist, a mammal specialist, Dr. Yar. I don't want to mispronounce his last name, so I won't say it. I can spell it for you if you need. But Dr. Yar was just wonderful to work with. And also Ellen, uh, who who called us, that works directly. And they are online. They have a website, the Rieto River Project. Um, they're doing wonderful work. There's, they have a, they just have this huge sign that says, uh, this huge neon sign that says no water. And again, um, you know, uh, this environment that brought me here to, uh, Arizona, that calling that I had from, um, to be here in Arizona, that, um, that dream that I had as a child when I was falling into the, this big canyon, <laughs> where else do you end up in your life, right? <laughs> but in the state that bears the Grand Canyon, oh, yeah. right? The big one. <laughs> so, I, and this is real, that my, my sister, and you know, they can tell you about that. My sister, Betty, she can tell you about that, that dream because she tried to wake me up and she couldn't, right? But it's real. It's a real oh, story. It was manifested. Um, <laughs> No, actually, manifest destiny, Absolutely. as they call yeah. it, right? So I, that's why I'm here. I, it was something bigger than me, to yeah. totally divine intervention. And so now we're in progression. So we're going forward. So I'm working with that piece with some beautiful, talented dance majors at the University of Arizona in the School of Dance. I'm also choreographing a musical called Ragtime. Oh. 
So um, with a wonderful organization that I've worked with over um, on and off over the years called Arts Express, they're in the Tucson, excuse me, they're in the Park Mall. And uh, they have a beautiful facility there. And uh, again, I'm working with some of the most talented people. Oh, my goodness. I get to, to work. Oh, I, I, Tanisha Hamilton and her husband. And uh, the, I'm just really excited working with them. And there is a man, a Theo, that is, <laughs> he is he was one of my students at Pima College. So this is, we're talking about some serious full circle and just some of the amazing talent that um, Arts Express has uh, bought in. Uh, they're uh, just all, all around the administration, the artistic personnel. They're just amazing, uh, amazing to work with too. Um, so I'm, I'm, again, I'm choreographing this turn of the century piece called Ragtime, you know, and I love it. I love it. There's so much to learn about who we are um, and where were we around this time, because it took me back to my grandfather, who was, who eventually became uh, the dean of an HBCU, that's that historically black uh, college and uh, universities, and uh, a part of the divine nine again. He's the alpha man. And uh, my father was a Kappa, though. <laughs> and um, uh, he was, uh, but it, it just takes me back to their lives. And, you know, it takes me back to um, a photo that I found of my grandfather. Uh, with uh, Booker T. Washington, and he's one of the characters that's introduced in this play. And it just took me back again to um, uh, my grandfather that uh, fought in the First World War and what his childhood must have been like um, in uh, North Carolina and uh, in the Winton Triangle, which is, again, when I talk about progressions, my sisters and I are going to go back to this farming community that my mother was born in, um, in uh, the Winton Triangle, and we'll be there with a biological cousin, okay. um, Marvin Jones, who is, uh, has uh, this Cohen Discoveries. He is this amazing photojournalist um, uh, he, he, he has this, this, he's, he's out of DC now he's working out of Washington DC and he has his work in the Smithsonian oh. and in uh, his own archival work. Mm -hmm. And this is a biological cousin that we, that has been around all this time, but I, we didn't know about mm -hmm. until about maybe, uh, eight, 10 years ago. And, um, so again, progressions, we're going into the future with the past. Um, we're, you know, continuing to respect and honor our ancestors. Um, so we're going, my sisters and I, this will be our first big, I'm trying to bring a brother or two uh -huh, though, because uh -huh. uh, <laughs> I feel like everybody, this is, you know, um, this is just a time we need to come together, maybe a cousin while we're at it. Right. right exactly. <laughs> Barbia, you were so incredibly prolific and busy and, working with multiple sectors in the community. Can you just describe a day in the life of Barbia Williams? <laughs> <laughs> I have to laugh a little chuckle, yeah. maybe you want to call it. The day in life of Barbia Williams. Oh, I am so blessed. Again, I'm um, I love my plants I have in my house. I get to wake up to these um 
air, natural air, air purifying plants that I was able to look up. And because of all of this aerosol that is, you know, poisoning our in, in environment that we want to and need to save for our future and uh, maintain, uh, I don't know, I'm not a savior, so, but to, to maintain, let me use that word, for the future. And so I wake up to these amazing, uh, like I said, airborne purifier plants that propagate themselves, which is so nice <laughs> because I've got zillions of them now, right? And they're, uh, um, I've got to figure out some place to put them and people to give them to. Um, and then I, um, I looked, I like to look at, um, uh, and listen to music a little bit, um, and read something that, um, I want to uh, think about, um, or for that day, I definitely look at my schedule. What am I doing that day? Um, again, to remind myself, even though, of course, I visit, I, I had a visit uh, with it the night before or maybe a week before, but I just want to prepare myself with, for where am I going today? When I thought about meeting you, um, I looked at the information you sent me, and um, I just had to reflect and I took some notes yeah. to be able to talk about, um, you know, Aziz Ahmed, Consuelo Davis and Mark Sunkett, these people that um, have blessed the state of Arizona with um, with so much culture. And um, uh, Sule Greg Wilson, who I just got to work with here, Fatima Halim out of Phoenix, uh, just that does amazing work. I, uh, when we were, uh, when we performed with Kwame Dance and Drum Ensemble, we had a, um, a reunion. So I, I try to reflect back on again, because we, I really am into archiving. Okay. I, I so want to be able important. to tell our story, yeah. just like right now, what you're doing with the artists in um, Tucson and Arizona. I want, I want to be able to have this come from my mouth because, right. and my thoughts and my memories, because that's the most accurate and the most correct exactly. and the most informative. Okay. So I like to reflect on that a little bit and, you know, try to take a picture of something, uh, to, try to, to, uh, look over a poem or something that I've, um, uh, or a part of a script that I'm um, preparing for that day, choreography that I need to work, okay. count those counts, okay. right? Yeah. <laughs> those measures, okay? Okay, wow, incredibly full. Um, so much color, so much art in your life. And I love what you, what you talked about, your plants propagating, all that abundance. I think that really shows the abundance in your life and all, in all aspects of your life you know, not only in your plants. So I really appreciate you taking the time to share, share your thoughts and memories and um, bring in multiple artists into this conversation. It's so much appreciated, Barbia. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having, um, having me here. And, and, and what I want to leave with these um, upcoming artists, I want to say, be consistent, mm -hmm. be consistent. Don't let um, those, um, blocks in the road, those, um, that energy that might come at you that might want to put you down or might not want you to believe in yourself, know who you are and continue to go into different avenues to find that, um, that knowledge and, um, and don't limit yourself. Right. right. 
um, keep it clean, keep it clean. We don't have to, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, it gets a little floozy out there after a while. And I say, keep it clean okay. because I've kept it clean uh -huh. and I'm still acknowledged for who I am. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to, you know, uh, expose yourself, um, just because maybe there's nothing else out there to do, or you think there's nothing. And that's the only way you can do. You've got to sell your soul. Don't feel like that you have to do that because you don't. Okay. I, I, that's something I really want to tell these young people because I'm seeing some, some people getting lost and getting hurt behind this. Okay. Um, and uh, I just want to say, keep it clean for, for each child that's born. The a morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are for each child that's born. A morning star rises and sings to the universe who we are. We are our grandmother's prayers. We are our grandfather's dreaming. We are the breath of the ancestors and we are the spirit of God, the goddess and the creator, creatress. Mm -hmm. So I leave that with that's a, a quote from Sweet Honey in the Rock. Um, and again, I want to thank the Arts Foundation for everything they're doing. Oh. You, Janae, and other people that are working. Sadie Shaw, you mm -hmm. all got one of my children over there. There's another child that has been a, a part of our programming oh, wow. since childhood. So I'm really uh, just proud of the work that she's doing um, uh, with you all also. So again, thank you. Ashe. Thank you, Barbia. We appreciate your time and bringing so much energy, love, and poetry into this world and into this podcast. Well, come and see us dance. <laughs> Peace and blessings. This has been Artist Stories featuring the stories of artists and arts organizations in our region. To listen to more podcasts, visit kxci.org. Artist Stories is a project of the Arts Foundation for Tucson and Southern Arizona, which is partially funded by the City of Tucson and Pima County. Music for this podcast was created by Jonathan Rodriguez.